Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We're here on Sunday at uh, 11.30 (laughs) a.m. Do you know where your children are? Do you know where your children are? Do you? Yeah. I know where most of them are. I haven't seen either of mine today. Well, that's your problem. Not really. Oh, so then I don't consider it a problem. Okay, so you're not concerned. No. No, they're they're pretty self-sufficient. Okay, that's good. They, They live their lives. And you're like, hey, how's it going? Did you eat? I'm like, oh, hey, I know that guy. You, you live here, too. <gasps> oh. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about Amityville 1979. Yep, the Ridge. The, the OG one starring our favorites, uh, James Brolin. Yep. I always have to stop and think, is it James or Josh? Uh, I know. I always try to say Josh. Yeah. And then um, Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder, who we also love dearly from Superman, and especially Black Christmas. Especially Black Christmas. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get started, what is new with you, Katie? Um, well, school is out for summer. Oh, thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I think, not that I've been counting down. No, of course not. Um, yeah, last week was the last week, um, and it ended up, I mean, it was pretty fun. The, the last week, um, there's like, you know, end of year activities and picnics and um my birthday was in the middle of the last week and I got very um uh, lovely celebrations and gifts and acknowledgments um at school um my uh I got sung to by the entire fifth and sixth grades in my classroom all at once together at the beginning of the day yeah it was really sweet my partner teachers um did some really lovely things um, so that was cool. The end of the year was cool. Um, I got a new tattoo uh, the Ooh. day after we were uh, done for the year. It's like a birthday slash end of year celebration. So that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm leaving tomorrow uh, for Arkansas for a week um, to visit some family that I haven't seen since before COVID. So <gasps> That's things nice. are pretty good around here. You're getting ready to sweat good. your life away. Oh yeah, the the mosquitoes. Drink, drink some sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, hang out with some cows and um, float on some rivers and. That's fun. Floating yeah. on rivers is always fun, except for the water moccasins. Those those guys can go. I don't know if they have them in the Buffalo River. <gasps> oh, I good. think it might be too cold. Oh well, that's good. Those yeah. guys can buzz off. I hate them. Yeah. And they're scary. <laughs> They'll bite you right on the butt. <laughs> yeah. They're but awful. yeah, all good things in my uh, corner of the world. Uh, what's new with you? Um, same as you, like end of the year stuff. Um, I'm moving classrooms again. So. <laughs> you do love to do that. <laughs> it's your favorite thing. So I I came in, Katie came over, and I looked all frazzled and sweaty. And yeah. I'm like, she said you look like a swamp witch. I'm like, I do. Mm, I mean, I, I wasn't going to say that, but. I do. I have like a layer of grime filth all over me already. Like it's covered in cobwebs. I thought it was supposed to be and... thematic for like the horror spooky setting. I look like I'm from the basement of a Mediville. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> so yeah, just like I have scrapes and bruises all over my body from just like moving stuff yeah banging ruining my body and all that so and then um the end of the year was really bittersweet it was like i'm happy to sort of move on to first but i'm also sad because these kids are really sweet and the families are really great so um yeah i don't know it was nice and the end of year party was really really fun and my parents were just lovely and and helped a lot and um i got really nice flowers and cards and like a hundred dollar cash tip kind of nice. from a family they're like thank you yeah um so it was nice to get that acknowledgement because it was a lot of hard work it was really hard and um but the kids grew so much so i'm glad it was nice to see that observe 
that growth. And, yeah, yeah. And, like you are not the same child that came yeah. to me that was like wild and a little bit and then a little feral yeah now they're like sitting they're like that's not where the scissors go and, and you're like oh my gosh you're like ready for kindergarten for sure yeah so it was kind of it was sweet because they're they're cute they're yeah. really cute um well that's great that's about it and then i've been watching catching up with um season two of yellow jackets oh god i haven't even started it yet yeah i keep we, forgetting about it well we sort of binged Binged it mm-hmm. um, because finally we gave in and, and subscribed. We're like, we'll just do one month of Showtime. We'll watch all of Yellow Jackets and mm-hmm. call it a day. And then I watched Jury Duty. I binged it. Um, I don't know it's if really I knew that one. It's so fun. It's not on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Prime. So it's free also. But it's like um, kind of sort of like The Office a little bit, except... Um, this guy, he's applied. He's applied to be a juror uh, in a juror documentary. Oh, okay. So he, his name is Ronald, and he's going to be uh, serve on this jury. Mm-hmm. And he applied to be part of the documentary. So it's like um, the process of the judicial process. Right. What it's yeah. like. So he he's in San Diego, and he's a contractor uh, for solar panel stuff, and he's really <laughs> sweet. And um, everybody else who's on the jury is an actor. Oh. But he doesn't know it. Oh. So they're all playing different weird, roles. quirky characters, yeah. including James Maston. Madsen? Maston? I can't remember if I... Marston? Marston? Yes, that's it. Um, he's playing himself, but like a caricature of himself. Okay. Who's being like ridiculous. Nice. So he's the only one that's... Who fully thinks that this is everybody and um, like this is who they are. Uh-huh. But... They are all they are all actors, and they, including the judge, including everybody in the case, including okay. everyone, and um, it's just really weird stuff. Like hilarity ensues, mm-hmm. and he just sort of watch him how he reacts. Like whoa, and yeah. it's really funny. Hmm. So I recommend it. It's right. it's for sure funny and um, a good palate cleanser. And <laughs> Victor, I watched all of it, but I was like, you have to watch this because it's each episode's like maybe twenty five minutes. Oh, that's nice. So it's like just a little dab. Yeah, you can just, it's not a huge time suck mm-hmm. if you want to just, like, enjoy it. And it's its very delightful. I liked it a lot. Nice. So. Good um, wreck. So, yeah, definitely. But you are talking about Amityville. Let's get serious. Yeah. <laughs> enough palate cleansing. Enough. Enough. Palettes are cleansed. Enough silliness. Now it's time to soil them. <laughs> Um. <laughs> so I can look so I can look like what I look like right now, covered in spiders. Yeah. But now we want your soul to look that way too. <laughs> it's like get out. It's like the Amityville, the movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Amityville horror that came out in 1979. Um, we already mentioned Margot Kidder and James Brolin as the stars, um, and then another. A person of note in it who played um, the main priest in the story was Rod Steger, who, um, you know, was very famous, was in In the Heat of the Night um, with Sidney Poitier. He was in On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando. So he's a really um, an established actor and probably like was a pretty good get at that time when they were making this movie. I knew he looked familiar, but I couldn't place him. Yeah. And he was like, he played his role so well, so well. And I was like, oh, my, who's that yeah. freaking priest? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that freaking priest. Oh, my it's God. amazing. <laughs> um, and so the, the movie opens with the, like the red and black silhouetted shot of the rear of the house, which is like a, an incredibly recognizable um, image, even to people that have never seen any of the movies is like, because it was the, the side of the house that faces the lake. So, um, but it's got these two windows up on the top story that kind of look like eyes mm-hmm. um, and so it's just it's a very like iconic and familiar image and so that's eyes what it um, yeah, <laughs> that it opens with um, and then there's like the requisite creepy music that's like the children's voices being like la 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 <laughs> you're just like what the fuck why is it always the children's voices because I was just watching um, <laughs> I was watching um, the original Pet Cemetery the other night and I was oh. like it's the same music, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I it only like I noticed because I had just rewatched Amityville, um, but I was like, what, why, why with the creepy children's voices singing? Stop singing, children. Um, but anyway, so that's what's um, going on behind and over the opening credits. Um, and then it actually begins with a stormy night, thunder and lightning crashes, along with the crash of gunshots coming from the house. Um, and it alternates between uh, exterior and interior views of the house. And we see that people have been killed in their beds in the night. 
Um, so it fades to emergency services present at the house, and the info um, on the screen says November 13th, 1974, Amityville, Long Island. And then it reads, a mother, father, and four of their children murdered, no apparent motive. Um, as the bodies are carried out, the coroner, who is played, it's, he's only in it for like two minutes, but it's this actor James Tolkien, who was Principal Strickland in, in Back to the Future. Uh. I was like, hey, it's that guy. Um, so anyway, he's the, he's the coroner, and he says, um, he tells the, the cop, uh, all shot in their beds, execution style, only the mother shot in the head. Um, and then they say that it all, it seemed to have happened at 3.15 a.m. Um, now where it's a year later, it's a bright, sunny day, and the newlyweds George and Kathy Lutz are touring a house that they want to buy. So George and Kathy are um, James Brolin and, and Margot Kidder. Um, as the tour makes its way through the upstairs bedrooms, there's kind of this jarring insertion of scenes of the murders taking place. So they're like, you know, walking into this bedroom that's all sunlit and everything, and then it cuts abruptly to like the nighttime shot of the of the murders happening mm-hmm. in that room. Yeah, it's like cocking shots. And yes, like children, children being yeah. killed, and so it keeps like popping You're back like, and forth. Like, yeah, this is a bad house tour. This is making me feel yucky. Um, so George and Kathy are um, discussing buying the house, and Kathy goes, 80,000 might as well be 800,000. And you're like, 80,000 is the asking price for this house. It was a simpler time. Yeah. <clears throat> Although that was a steal back in, in yeah. that area, too. Yeah. And George like says way, that uh, the house is worth 120,000, but they're only asking 80. Um, and then that's when, like, Kathy, she kind of shudders and talks about, you know, thinking about it creeps her out that that guy killed his whole family. Um, so they obviously know what took ha- what took place in the house and why the, the price is what it is. And George um, says to her, houses don't have memories. Like, chokes on you, Batman. <laughs> Gonna learn today. Um, and he points out... You silly goose. Silly. Silly Billy. Uh, the murders are the only reason that it's even possible for them to afford the house. And so they decide to take it. Um, so next, the family's moving in. It's George and Kathy plus Kathy's kids from her first marriage, who are Amy, Greg, and Matt. Um, they're all having fun and playing behind the house when Father Delaney, who is Rod Steger's character, he arrives um, at Kathy's request to bless the house. And he lets himself in the front door and calls out, but no one answers because they're all outside. But he does. Then he hears children's laughter from upstairs. So he goes upstairs. Um, he looks out an upstairs window and he sees the family outside, but he can't get the window open to call out to them. So he just moves to begin the blessing. Like that's what he's there for. Um, and he, uh, notices a couple of flies on the inside of the window and then the door slams shut. Um, and then some tense music starts playing as he continues to prepare for the blessing. But now there are dozens of flies on the window glass. The sound of the humming is really unnerving. It grows along with the music is getting louder the priest begins to like sweat increasingly and then he's choking and coughing. There are all these like extreme close-ups of the flies, like hyper, like super, super close on their faces. You can see like their big red eyes. And so it's kind of weird. Um, and then the flies are all over the priest. Um, and then suddenly the scene goes mute. So like the sound has been growing and growing and growing. And then it just goes mute. The door slowly swings open and the priest first hears a voice whisper, just like out and then it like screams get out at him so that's exactly what he does mm-hmm. so that i think is the other like one of the elements of this story that's most well known is that get out mm-hmm. like yeah, concept get out. <clears throat> and uh, movie spoofs ruin movies for they me do. forever so i always yeah. now like when i watch that scene in this movie i mm-hmm. think of just scary movie yeah for sure. i'm like oh man but they did so good yeah. <laughs> it's so funny well and but, then who was yeah. it that um I think it was an Eddie Murphy bit one time that was talking about, like, the difference between white people and black people in horror movies. Mm-hmm. That it's like, you know, if a, your house screamed at you to get out, like, if you were a black family, you'd be like, bye, like, I don't care, Caroline's in the TV, we're out of here. <laughs> you know? Get the heck, get the heck out of here. Um, yeah, so that, that scene is, like, is pretty uh, well-known, I think. It definitely is, yeah. From yeah. this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that night, though, Father Delaney calls the house to tell what happened, but there's interference in the call. Kathy can't hear him. And then the phone handset burns um, Father Delaney's hand. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, well, that doesn't seem very normal. Um, well, it's a little nefarious. Yeah, I'm like, hmm, interesting. It's a heated handset. 
um, at the house, George is like starting to feel a little weird and act a little weird. He's complaining of cold. It's not really bothering anyone else. Um, he decides to check out the basement. Later that night, there's a romantic scene between George and Kathy, but of course, interrupted by Amy, as kids are wont to do. <laughs> um, and after Kathy um, puts Amy back in bed and walks out of the room, we see uh, Amy's little kid's rocking chair rocking by itself. You're like, no, that's not supposed to happen. Um, mm, just it must be just gusts of wind. It's a draft. It's a draft. <laughs> it's a draft. Um, so later that night, they're sleeping. We see the clock roll over to three fifteen a.m. So it's like the one of the, hour. those like old timey clock radio. Well, not old timey, but it's like seventies clock radio where it was actually like the move. It wasn't um, electronic. It was like the movement of the number. So it rolls over to three fifteen, and George wakes up. Um, and he's like walking around and he's in Amy's room and he sees her doll sitting in the rocking chair, which it wasn't before. Um, and then he like heads outside to investigate this light that's randomly on in the boathouse. Um, and he comes back into the house and he's sitting down and there's like this totally random jump scare of a black cat outside the window. Like he's just sitting there and then there's like a and, like the cat jumps at the window and you're like, what the fuck? Why? Why that? Because they are you, they were required, right? In there these was a requisite. Yeah, they were like, if you don't put this black cat in this movie, if you don't have the right number of jump scares, you can't call yourself a horror movie. Exactly. Um, so it's day again, and this is when they start um, numbering the days, like putting on the screen, like which day of the week and how many days they've been in the house. So it starts mm-hmm. with fourth day Thursday. Yeah. So this supposedly is four days since they moved in. Um, George is furiously chopping wood uh, when Kathy returns from the store, and they're kind of snarky with each other, getting a little snippy, but, you know, like recover pretty quickly, and they're back to being a cute little couple after a minute. But George is clearly kind, you know, still not himself, himself entirely. Um, in the house, Kathy notices a smell. Um, Amy introduces her imaginary friend, Jody. So you're getting like just little, little weird things happening here and there. Um, Kathy tries to reach back out to Father Delaney, um, but she's told he's not well by another priest, Father Bolin. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, he was supposed to come bless the house, but he never showed. And Father Bolin was like, no, he he went. He went out there. And she was like, no, he never came. And they were like, OK, well, maybe there was some miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Next, there's a put a freaking nun is visiting <laughs> um, right when their toilets start bubbling black goo. Don't um, you hate it when that happens? I know, right? It's so embarrassing when the nun comes over and that's what your toilets are doing. <laughs> and you're like, well, I mean, I we guess. We eat out. Yeah. No. <laughs> we should eat out. Let's go. Um, but I guess this nun is supposed to be Kathy's aunt. Um, Which is like bizarre. But when she comes into the house, she's immediately sickened um, and she insists on leaving and just rushes out. Super nauseated, ill. Yeah, yeah. And like drives away, pulls over, yaks in the road. Like, yeah, these people are not feeling good in this house. And she's like, I'm so hungover. (laughs) She gets hung up. The nun's bowling league last night. (laughs) We were just, you know, hammering too many. Um, So next it's the screen says fifth night Friday. Um, George is building a massive fire to fight the cold that's still only bothering him. He's still acting strangely, but including a sudden case of ED, which never happens to him. (laughs) But it's like, you know, there was supposed to be like this love scene with him and Kathy. And then it cuts to like, she's like, it's okay, honey. It happens all the people all the time. Like, it's it's nothing to worry about. He's like, it doesn't happen to me. He's very upset. He's yeah. like, I have a thick beard. This never happens. <laughs> Can't you tell how much testosterone I have? Don't you see all the wood I've been chopping? <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a man. Um, then uh, that night, Kathy wakes up with the, this blood-curdling scream. She screams out, she was shot in the head at, you guessed it, 3.15 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then she just goes, you know, goes back to bed. Yeah, as one does. Yeah. So next, uh, sixth day Saturday, we've got both priests are in the car. Father Delaney is determined to get back to the Lutz house to help them because he can tell something's wrong. But suddenly the car malfunctions and they drive off the road. Um, now uh, it's Kathy's brother's wedding. George looks and feels like shit, but they head off anyway, leaving Amy with a sitter who I named Headgear McGee. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, the poor sweet baby angel. Oh, yeah. She's very, very sweet. Um, 
thing, the uh, babysitting gig takes a turn when Jody, imaginary friend Jody, locks headgear in the closet. Um, headgear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm snorting. Oh my yeah. god, so funny. So she beats her hands bloody on the inside of the door, but Amy doesn't let her out. Um, and when the family arrives home, headgear's still sobbing in the closet. Um, and she's when they like, let me out, she's been in there for like God knows how long, like yeah. hours or whatever. Oh my gosh! Um, and she's like just collapsed on the floor, sobbing. Um, mm-hmm. And when they let her out, they tell her they're like, "There's no lock on the closet door," <laughs> you know. Um, and then uh, they're like asking Amy, like, "Why didn't you let her out?" And Amy said that Jody wouldn't let her open the yeah. door. And then George is pissed. He's oh like, yeah, yeah. George is not well. George yeah. gets increasingly not well as time goes on. Yes, it's definitely like a shining kind of yes. situation. Yeah, he's he's being kind of targeted or or you know manipulated. Yeah, and yeah. it's eating away at him. Influenced, yeah. if you will. So next, the um, the next stamp is eighth day Monday. Um, we've got a bunch of priests arguing over Father Delaney's insistence that there is an evil presence in the house. Um, he like he's saying like I I was there I felt it I heard the voices blah 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 and all the other priests are like you knucklehead mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong and they're they're like you know kind of playing all superior because they're whatever higher rank in the church or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Delaney references uh, the murderer's claim that he heard voices telling him to kill and so he's like I heard the voices too. This guy that killed his family said he heard voices, um, but the church authorities send him on vacation. Because we know if there's one thing the Catholic Church does well is responds to problems in an appropriate manner. They're like, send him to a home. He doesn't, he doesn't know anything anymore. Yeah. Um, so next stamp is 11th day Thursday. Uh, back at the house, there's more ag- unnecessarily aggressive wood chopping by George. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, like uh, damn erectile dysfunction. <laughs> it whack, is, it's like, it's like a Viagra commercial. Like, look at him chopping all this wood. <laughs> Next, he's going to be sitting in a bathtub on a beach holding hands. Oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, so the, he gets a visit from Jeff, who is a work colleague of his, because um, George owns his own business, and, and Jeff is, is one of his employees slash co-workers. Yeah, he's a construction guy. Yeah. What's construction? You know, mm-hmm. his wood chopping business. <laughs> yeah, his wood chopping. Um, but uh, so Jeff arrives with his uh, lady, girlfriend, wife, whatever, Carolyn, who like gets out of the car, takes one look at the house and like F that S and gets back in the car like, um, and rolls up the window. Hell no. She's like, I'm not going I'm near not that going house. In there. Um, but Jeff's come to visit because George has been neglecting the company. Um, George doesn't even know what day it is. All of the financials are in disarray. Like he, they haven't paid the employees because he hasn't been in to sign the paychecks and everything. Um, but then, you know, in the next like you know couple minutes or whatever, um, an upstairs window sash falls closed on one of the little boy's hands. I didn't know if it was Matt or Greg because I didn't know which one was which in this movie. Does it really matter? It doesn't really matter. Um, but it was the, it's the same window that the flies were on for fa- Father Delaney because like right. they, they, yeah. it was open and he had his hand on the windowsill and then the sash falls down and lands on his hand and then it, it's like stuck down like they can't yeah. get it open to get his hand out. Um, when they finally do get him out and take him to the hospital, um, the visit shows that there are no broken bones in his hand. And Kathy thinks that that's very strange. Um, then that night, George awakens again at 3.15 a.m. and finds a swarm of flies on that same window. Um, and he's uh, struggling to open it to like get the flies out or whatever. And while that's happening, the front door to the house explodes open like from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Like the door blows off and like the, you know, the door jam and everything is all ripped away. Um, <clears throat> and then after going downstairs and checking on that and going back to the upstairs bedroom, uh, George finds that the flies are gone and the window opens easily. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely something fucked up with that window. Yeah, that's crazy. So they call the cops in in response to the incident with the door. It turns out that the same thing happened to the basement door. Like it exploded open at the same time as the front door. Um, And while he's there, the cop remarks that George looks a lot like the kid that lived there before. He says they have the same eyes. Mm -hmm. So he's like seeing similarities between George and the killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Next, it's 12th day Friday. Um, Amy tells Kathy about Jody, imaginary Jody, and how uh, Jody told Amy about the little boy who used to live in her room who died. And Kathy's like, cool. 
that's great. <laughs> um, so there is nothing wrong with that. No, that's imaginary <laughs> friends telling you about horrible things that happened in our home that you shouldn't know about. Cool. It's definitely like sinister vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any movie. Well, actually, most movies they're like this little kids like, well, the so and so told me, and the kids are like, or the parents are like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Just go back. Go back. She, in the she probably room. just heard it at the grocery store from yeah. somebody. Get out of here. Um, So George goes into town to research the house. um, And meanwhile, Kathy actually gets Father Delaney on the phone, but their call is interrupted. Um, Father is choking. And um, this is this part was so totally random. A creepy neighbor like pops in to welcome the Lutzes to the neighborhood. He looks Mm -hmm. like this total like wino, like a hobo type guy, like wandering Mm -hmm. up to the door is like, welcome to the neighborhood. And she's like, oh, ha 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 ha. Let me open the door. Um, she's like, I'm fine. No, thank you. He, yeah. has, like a bunch, he has a six pack of beer or something. Yeah, like so maybe that's why she was going to let him in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. But then her phone rings again. Uh, when she goes and answers it, the line goes dead. She goes back to the door. She finds the creepy neighbor gone. And so all of that is just kind of like weird and random. Just like an extra stuff to make her feel even more off. Yeah, unsettled. Off, uh, yeah. Um, so in town, George uh, meets Jeff at the bar. Um, the bartender like echoes the cop's statement that George looks just like that kid. So like other people learn knows he was like, you were sitting right there the night they arrested him. You look just like him. Mm-hmm. Um, George and Jeff get in an argument and George punches him. But, you know, then they, they kind of work things out. Jeff um, was like, OK, you got that on your system. What the fuck are you going to do? Because this you're fucking stuff yeah, up you're, and yeah. you're ruining everything. So figure it out your shit out. <laughs> um, so George is talking to Jeff and Carolyn about what's been happening at the house. Um, and Carolyn's helping look through some of the materials that he'd found in his research. Um, finds that she mentions the story of someone named John Ketchum and that there was um, there had been devil worship taking place on the site of their house. Um, and so while this is all going on in town at home, um, Kathy has this whole experience in Amy's bedroom where she sees these like glowing red eyes outside of Amy's window. And it's she's not like, cheesy ah! at all. <laughs> I know it was it was like the the worst little LED light bulb <laughs> effect that she saw out the window. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, it's red eyes. Uh, (laughs) So um, George, Jeff and Carolyn all head to the house because they've convinced George that he just needs to take Kathy out on a date. Like, that's going to fix everything. They'll Mm -hmm. come and stay with the kids and he needs to take Kathy out. You just need to get out. Yeah. You just you guys just need a date night. It's all that biggie. Chop some wood. Uh, Some Sunday fun day, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, so they go to the house to accomplish that, but they arrive and Kathy's, you know, hell upset and tells George about the glowing eyes that she saw out the window. Um, and George is like, oh, that's silly. Don't be silly. It was probably just that cat. You're probably on your period. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know anything. Oh, poor Kathy. Oh. Um, so She's well, like, well, that might uh, be true, but there's also <laughs> that's gl- neither here nor there, George. <laughs> there's also glowing red eyes. Um, so while George and Kathy are talking about that, um, Carolyn leads Jeff. So now all of a sudden, Carolyn like is willing to go into the house. She's like drawn into the house, um, yeah, and she leads yeah. Jeff into the basement where she says that she senses evil emanating, um, and she starts spouting out. I put like native history of the bad juju on the land, like just just some very cliche like, oh, this ground was you know blah 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 and the natives did it used it for this like ceremony or this purpose and everything it's like oh shut the fuck up mm-hmm. um anyway <laughs> yeah so, it just sort of seems like it was just made up yeah they, they were just kind of like stuff. what what are we supposed to this this sounds right we'll just have her say this um so she carolyn believes that people are buried in the cellar and she starts busting up this wall george comes in like what the fuck are you doing and she's like there's people here. He's like okay so then he starts busting up the wall um so they continue demolishing it and they uncover a room with these like red painted walls and george sees a vision of a face um and it's like at that point it's like it kind of looks like him but it kind of doesn't look like him and you're not really sure what you're seeing um, mm-hmm. And then Carolyn gets like kind of possessed for a moment and announces um, in a demonic voice that the place that they found is the passage to hell. Um, meanwhile, elsewhere at his house, Father Delaney is like having a fit um, that could, like he's somewhat like psychically linked or something to what's going on in the house. Um, his phone rings. He answers. The line goes dead. So just still weird shit happening. Um, 
back at the Lutz house, um, the cop is just hanging out outside in his car, like keeping watch because he knows shit's going to go down. Um, and George and Kathy discover that the crucifix that they'd hung on their wall has been inverted and blackened. Ah! <laughs> Another cliche. Ah! Yay! No, before I forget, um, really quick, I watched like. I did, when you came in, I was like, I'm not really prepared, but I actually did watch a ton of stuff about this. Okay, yeah. Um, the show, or excuse me, the book, the movie, and like the making of it, but mm-hmm. that, um, the the image of George was actually James Brolin's brother. Oh, um, that's who they He's not an actor at all, and they're like, well, who's looks kind of like him? But not exactly. Um, yeah, and so they put a beard on him, and that's that's his brother. And I think it was sort of, he insinuated that that was supposed to be the murderer, the kid, well, Yeah, because right? that's what I was going to say. Like, later, um, Kathy finds the news article. Exactly. So yeah, that so, must have been him, too. Right. So I thought that was kind of funny, little trivia, like, hey, yeah. uh, what are you doing? You're at work? Okay, well, come over here real quick. We, we just need to take a couple pictures you. of you. We're going to put a fake beard on you and take some pictures. Yeah. Is that so, cool? Okay. He was like, sure. Sure. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> Don't forget to call mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they take down the inverted crucifix, they clean it up, and they use it to try and bless the home themselves to expel the evil. But Kathy breaks out in these like really gross, strange blisters, and so it's like clearly not working. They're yeah. they're uh amateur house blessing exorcism attempt uh, was not doing the trick. Yeah, it went very poorly. Yeah. So then uh, next is 17th day Wednesday. Um, Father Delaney, what is a total shit show trying to lead prayer in his church and then suddenly loses his sight. Mm-hmm. So now he's blind. Like this priest is just not. I mean, this isn't going well for him. <laughs> they're, they're like, we got this really big actor. So let's just like have let's fuck him up a lot. <laughs> just have him get, like all like, you know, exclaiming into the heavens about you know what's going on <laughs> and i don't know he's yelling but yeah that was um, intense that scene for sure yeah. Yeah. and it was like i it, it kind of i don't know if it felt disconnected from the the rest of the movie for me it did to me um, too and it's like if, a father delaney obviously was like a crucial element to the story but some of the the scenes and moments that they had with him you're like really did that need to be there well, it made me think of the exorcist yeah a little bit like and they, maybe, I mean, that's maybe what they were going for. Right. Um, they Those scenes in the church felt disjointed yeah. as well. Unless you read the book, mm. which I did. But, like, they were kind of supposed to be um, related. The, mm-hmm. You know, the weird satanic occult stuff happening in the church where the people were defacing things. And then Reagan being possessed and, mm-hmm. and the exorcist, which was really very close to where this was happening. Okay. Um, but as a viewer of the movie, you're like, what? Why? Like, why? Why, did why that, are we? Seeing, why did that just happen? Why are we seeing like cone, like Madonna boobs from <laughs> on the Virgin Mary? That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's sort of the impression I got a little bit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he's blind now. Poor guy. Bummer. 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 Send uh, so, to the home. Back to the home. Yeah. Off you go. Uh, go sit by the river. So um, <laughs> next, uh, it's 18th night Thursday. Um, it is 3.15 a.m. again. Uh, George follows the sound of military drumming downstairs. Uh-huh. Um, and he screams into the house, what do you want from us? And then he's like, this is my house, God damn it. And you're like, well, okay, that's that's really um, going to gonna help things. Rile them up, George. Rile them up. Um, so Kathy wakes up and sees that he's not in bed. She heads into Amy's room and she finds George standing over a butchered dead Amy with an axe that he then buries in Kathy's head too before she wakes up from her nightmare. Mm-hmm. And George is back in bed beside her, all snugged up, sleepy, sleepy time. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, oh, that was a horrible dream. Oh, I'm back to sleep. Um, as you do. As you do. I would wake up and be like, you know what, you... It's like when uh, you have cheating dreams, like you. Oh yeah, you get you're so mad at them for what they did <laughs> in your you dream. <laughs> to tell you about what you did to me. Yeah, you piece of shit. <laughs> Apologize. And they're like, uh, shh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, and so then nineteenth day Friday. Um, George is absolutely losing his shit now. Um, Kathy suggests that they leave the house um, and they get in a fight about it and he actually hits her. Um, So next she tries to visit um, Father Delaney. And um, meanwhile, the cop is still following and investigating what's going on with the priest. Um, 
and Kathy's not um, able to meet with Father Delaney, the Father Boland tells her, like, well, no, the funny thing is about Father Delaney is, like, he's on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then Kathy goes on a micro-fishing mission Mm -hmm. um, to learn about the murders, and that's when she sees um, the newspaper article when they occurred, and she sees the photo of Ronnie DeFeo that is the same image that we saw in the Red Room um, earlier that now we know is was... James Brolin's brother Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. playing Ronnie DeFeo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that, so Kathy like looks at it and and she sees like, oh my God, like he does look exactly like George looks exactly like this killer, Um, which, you know, she freaks out. Um, And a storm brews up that night. Um, The screen tells us the last night. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. Now shit's really going to happen. Um, Kathy arrives home in a panic um, and she looks out the window and sees an axe wielding George heading to the house. Um, George himself sees another glowing eyed apparition in the window of the house. Inside, he stalks around looking for Amy with his axe uh, and we see the walls start to ooze blood. The kids are hiding in the locked bathroom and George begins to Jack Torrance his way through the door. Well, the way he's like trudging around with yeah, the axe. Very, totally very shining yeah. yeah, same thing. Um, so uh, then Kathy, like, you know, attacks him from behind because, you know, obviously she's uh, trying to protect her kids. Um, and then he nearly uh, buries the axe in her head before regaining himself um, and kind of like, you know, snaps out of it a little bit. Um, now blood is like cascading down the stairs. A tree just explodes through a window like the, you know, it's just chaos everywhere in the house um, as the storm is going outside. Um, The family all rushes downstairs to try and escape, but the door won't open. Um, Finally, George gets it open, and they pile in the van, but the dog is still inside. Harry! Um, So George goes back for Harry the dog, who, of course, is down in the basement. Um, On his way down, George uh, falls through the basement steps into, like, this deep well of blood. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, that was there. Okay. Um, You don't don't have that? No. No. You should check. Double check. I should double check because it, it, it <laughs> didn't sure. do George any favors. Right. Um, so he emerges from the blood pool looking like a swamp thing. So naturally, Harry attacks him initially. And he's but, like, it's uh, me, Harry. It's me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bite me, dog. But so then finally, uh, Harry actually pulls George out instead. So you're like, oh, he's a hero. <laughs> Harry the hero. Um, so once again, the front door won't open. So George and Harry escape through break by breaking a window. They make it back to the van and the family drives off into the night. Um, and then on the screen, it reads George and Kathleen Lutz and their family never reclaimed their house or their personal belongings. Today, they live in another state. And that was the end. (laughs) Meredith, did you think it was scary? No. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about that. (laughs) Okay, so when I first watched this, it was because I was so excited after reading the book when I was a kid. So um, I I read it, I I got it from Half half Price Books, and uh, it was, um, I want to say like a dollar or something when I got it. And the front cover just has like the silhouette of the like the eyes of the house, and it's really cool and scary. And I remember reading it and, and being just like oh my gosh this is so scary terrifying and there's also a newspaper clipping of um a real estate listing of that house and it it has a bookmark in there Mm -hmm. and then i was like "Ooh, this is my most prized possession and then i lost it because i was 11 (laughs) but um i really loved the book going back to read it again as an adult i was like oh this is so stupid (laughs) (laughs) but at the time you know i was reading like goosebumps and stuff like that and it claimed to be a real a true story. A true story. Yeah. So, um, no, I did not find the movie scary. I appreciate the effort, but I had so many, even as a kid when I watched it, I felt, I was like, okay. It just felt a little bit silly. Uh, I did probably at the time think some parts were a little bit scary, but I know that if I showed this movie to my kids, they'd be like, this is so stupid. Oh, yeah. Like the eye rolling <laughs> yeah. would be harmful. Especially the glowy eyes. Yeah. Charlotte's oh head would or her eyeballs would just roll right out of her head. And yeah. she'd be like, oh, this is so redonk, redonkulous. <laughs> um, I mean, it's something that deserves to be watched even as a fun, like, have it on the background kind of thing, especially in, um, in October. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's a big part of the canon. Um, 
of horror genre and uh, I mean scary movie has made fun of it countless times so yeah. you know no not at all but it's definitely fun you know and it you can it's fun to make fun of it's fun to like enjoy like oh this is where this joke comes from uh-huh. kind of I don't know <laughs> I just I'm trying to think of good things to say about this movie <laughs> I'm like I don't like it um, mm. I can talk about the real stuff later and the book later, but mm-hmm. uh, do you think this is going to be scary? No, um, it's not scary to me now. I honestly don't remember if I saw this when I was a kid or not. I have absolutely no recollection of when I saw it for the first time. Um, I actually never um, read the uh, book, the original book, but I read the sequel book. Oh, and that's I don't weird. I don't know how um, just because it, it happened to be in our house. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, I haven't read the first one, but this one's here. And I don't know if it was something where that was like they made the second movie and then somebody like made a novel version of the movie just to, you know, be able to sell it or whatever. And I don't yeah. really um, remember much about the the book that I did read. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't remember how old I would have been when I saw this movie for the first time, but even if I was a kid, I probably would not have found it scary. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you said, like it's, um, you know, it's earned its place in horror. Um, it's got elements of it that are referenced, um, in popular culture, in other movies, in spoofs. Um, and so, you know, you, you need to see it. You need to see it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be scared. You will be rolling your eyes. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. It was, it was landmark. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, the, something that, uh, I don't, I don't know if you know this about me, Meredith, but I, I love remakes and sequels <gasps> what? and prequels, sequels, prequels and remakes. This is something that, you know, um, I've never told you before, so it's probably coming as a surprise, but I'm shocked. Um, revelations. Revelations. Um, I absolutely love the remake of this movie. Um, I didn't look up what year it came out, but um, I think it was in 2005. I think. Yeah, I was going to say the it. 2000s. The day before yesterday, I watched it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, starring Ryan Reynolds um, as George, Melissa George as Kathy. Um, it's got Chloe Grace Moretz in it when she She's was a kid. cutie little pie, cutie little pie. tiny cutie pie, um, as the daughter. Um, and then, um, actually, the the two sons were were both recognizable actors too. One of them was, I think, he was on Malcolm in the Middle. Was that the show that he was on? One of the boys was, you know, it was like uh, established performers. Like the cast was was pretty well stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, Ryan Reynolds spends a good portion of the movie with his shirt off, which nobody's complaining about. <laughs> um, the wood chopping scenes really pay off. Mm-hmm. There's a big payoff. You want him to chop. All the wood. <laughs> Please don't stop chopping the wood. Um, like you have to be in this movie. He's like, I want everyone to think of me as a serious actor, but I need to be chopping wood. I need to be chopping off. wood with my shirt off, just to with show my, my like my showcase my range. Yeah, my my low slung uh, sweatpants. Um, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No complaints. <laughs> um, but the thing that I like, aside from that, that I like about the remake is I feel like the the remake was actually a little scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was two thousands scary. Yeah. Um, but it was, and the thing that you know made it different was the addition of the um, possibilities opened up with CGI because they do um, utilize that. You see um, the uh, instead of seeing. The Joe, I mean, Jody is is an element, the imaginary friend Jody, but you see the um, like ghost corpse of the the daughter that was killed, mm-hmm. um, and she's very creepy, and the use of her um, in the home, and um, just some other uh, special effects elements that they put in to make it uh, creepy and scary, and then they um, dig deeper into this whole John Ketchum backstory of what actually happened on the land that like cursed the land or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so some of the imagery it was about the uh you know i don't remember the the specifics but basically the the white guy torturing the natives essentially Mm -hmm. um and so some of the imagery that um the george character like sees in his visions and experiences while he's being kind of tormented or possessed by the house um is like are unsettling and scary Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. So I feel like 
I mean, I like the if I were to choose which one I was going to watch, I would, you know, obviously uh, choose the remake every day and twice on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But uh, and not just because the original is not that great. But (laughs) um, the there and there are a ton of sequels, as we were talking about before we started recording. Um, I've never seen any of the the many, many sequels and offshoots, except there was one that I watched that was. I can't even remember what the all the titles have the word Amityville in it, but they're all like slightly different, like the Amityville haunting, the Amityville mystery or the the origin or something like Mm -hmm. just weird shit. The one that I saw had Bella Thorne in it. um, And it was just basically Mm -hmm. like the family moves into a house and, you know, shit happens. And it's not usually I think the connection is very tangential. Um, yeah. to the yeah. original story they're just like you had mentioned they're just using the name to try and like make some money get, yeah hook I mean, some viewers in more than 20 movies that's that insane. have the word m any like m in it mm-hmm. m i don't know i i, I say amityville m whatever yeah. um but they're not really anything of no I, I know that the movie with the original movie and I'm sure this remake probably did very well financially too, mm-hmm. but I know the original did very, very well in yeah. the box office and made millions. And it was, it, yeah, very, yeah. very iconic, and everyone wanted to go see it because they're like, it's a true story. It's touted as being true. Yeah, so everyone was excited to see. Well, and we, see you it. know, we're already um, kind of uh, uh, relating it to the Exorcist. What year did Exorcist come out? Shoot, I don't remember. Like, I want to say they're early, earlier than this. Yeah, before sure. this, but like, because then we were also, you know, referencing like some similarities with, with The Shining. But, you know, at that time, it seems like there was a little bit of a surge in, you know, like people um, producing, you know, this type of scary movie um, that would be a big blockbuster that had big performers, um, big names in it. Um and so, you know, that would make sense that Amityville would have done really well financially mm-hmm, if that mm-hmm. was like kind of a new thing that people are like wanting more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, James Brolin did mention in that documentary, I said um, that he he couldn't find work for two years after this movie. Because oh, really? He was so freaking creepy and like just aggressive and people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and um, yeah, it took him a little while to move on from that. Yeah. That role. But he did mention too that um, he read the book. He was reading the book, and they're like, "We don't actually have a script yet, but we want you to be in this movie." So mm-hmm. he's reading the book, and he said he had like coat or pants or something on a chair, and they fell, and he like he was like ah, like it made him jump, and he's oh, like, okay. "Okay, I have to do this movie. Yeah. If, this, if this source material is freaking it. me out, <laughs> then I need to do this." Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny, and and I like James Brolin, and I can't really name other stuff he's in yeah me neither but i know isn't he married to barbara streisand though um like, aren't yeah they together? uh living his best life with barbara with barb, barb yeah. um so exorcist came out in 73 so, okay, so and then the shining was 80 so the shining was after mm-hmm. this but it was all like the the feel the visuals um you know, the the Shining was less cheesy, and the Shining was Kubrick, so it's like you you wouldn't you know necessarily group it with anything else other than other Kubrick films, right? Um, yeah, but it, this did have um, you know like similar vibes and similar elements to The Exorcist, and I think that's mm-hmm. reflective of the time period. Yeah, yeah, probably I would say that's true also, and it involved the church as well. The, yeah, uh, at the um, both movies did, um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, it did kind of throw me off some, though, the random scenes. Yeah, so. it, it was kind of disconnected. It wasn't wasn't necessarily. And, and that's you. You don't know, like, how much they actually invested in the script mm-hmm. or if they just thought that the story was good enough to carry it. Yeah, um, I know that the, the Jay Anson, who wrote the book, did a screenplay as well, but then they did it. Go they didn't with use it. it. Yeah, they used a screenwriter or like some other person to do okay. it, um, to write it. But so I mean, I can mention. <laughs> I read the book and which I ate up, and I thought it was amazing. And then, <laughs> of course, it's like kind of bull bull crap a bull little crap. bit. Yep. But I can say that um, it was based on sort of truths. 
So <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the murders were absolutely yeah. real and true so and the, happened. So the real life Ronnie DeFeo was a piece of crap. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The man that murdered his entire family was a piece yeah. of crap. He, well, so there's like, I can't remember, multiple part um, episodes on last pa- podcast of, on Love, which I'm wearing the shirt under my sweaty hoodie right now because <laughs> I was moving earlier, but um, which is very enlightening and, and funny and um, gives you a lot of more um, information about the murders and then how the book came to be uh-huh. like, make, created. But in, on November 13th, 74, Ronnie DeFeo shot his whole family. He was, like you mentioned before, like because you listened on uh, My Favorite Murder, they talked about it too. Yeah. He was spoiled. He did a lot of drugs. He was kind of a flunky loser in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's just, you know. Um, yeah, he was overindulged because the family was really successful. The dad, mm-hmm. there were some mafia ties mm-hmm. um, with the yeah. with his dad. Um, yeah. so, but they, they had access to money and they just mm-hmm. kind of like, he was a problem child, but they just threw money at it. Yes, hoping exactly. Hoping that would fix it. Threw money at the situation. Um, he And then he killed his whole family and he was convicted of second degree murder in November of 75 and he was six sentenced to six terms of 25 years and um to life in prison and he died um in March of 2021 in prison so you know and then in December of 75 George and Kathy Lutz and then and the um Kathy's three children and their dog named um named Harry I think they did have a dog named Harry actually but I could be mistaken or mis misremembering they moved in the house and they bought it for $80,000, which is was super inexpensive compared to the area. And they bought all of the um, furniture for $400 mm-hmm. that belonged to the DeFeo family. And um, so they were there. And, yeah. And they had a, it was a Labrador mix named Harry. He, he moved in with them and they were there for 28 days and then left. But they did. Not returned, but they had a mover come and get their stuff. Yeah. And then they... they and, went all that sweet, sweet DeFeo furniture. Yeah, and then they um, they left. And then they said they left because it was, you know, a haunting. And um, they said that the priest tried to do a um, cleansing, cleanse the house. They were, like, not super religious. And I think George Lutz was Methodist. Mm-hmm. And um, But they, they said the, the priest had got stigmata and there was a voice that was like, get out. And they heard like a full band, marching band, waking mm-hmm. them up at three in the morning and just like messing with them. And they said that there's Jody and um, that was in the window and it was a pig face. Yeah. That was like supposed to be obviously the devil or a demon or something like that. And they just, you know, so. They, they collaborated with Jay Anson. And made up did, a bunch of crap. <laughs> made up a whole bunch of shit and, and submitted, you know, did like, uh, I can't remember, more than 50 hours of, of audio um, recording, like where they talked about their experiences and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. later, there's disputes over the accuracy. And also we have to include Ed and Lorraine Warren that it showed up really didn't really do much and then later said hey we helped with the haunting yeah we're just gonna add that to our list of credentials (laughs) yeah exactly and so i mean it's fun to hear about and to be like do you sort of wonder like um how much money did they make yeah you know was it much was it worth it did they cook this up did they like move into this house and be like this is like a huge undertaking that we just can't. Yeah, like maybe realize that they had made a mistake, mm-hmm. and but because of financials or whatever, like needed to. This was the plan they came up with yeah, to like, try and correct let's just it. Just leave and to say this shit's haunted. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you see what happens. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I mean, they in the movie they're like they didn't ever come back for their possessions. Like, yeah, technically they didn't. They didn't. But the movers they, did. <laughs> the movers came back, um, and they're there for twenty eight days. So that all did happen. They moved. To a different state, they later divorced, mm-hmm. and um, both di- uh, both of them died in the early aughts um, of different reasons, you okay. know, like emphysema or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but like I said, a lot of the stuff is like 
hugely disputed mm-hmm. and saying like that, yeah, that's not a thing. That Which happened. is, it's funny because like the the story of Ronnie DeFeo is way more upsetting and scary than yeah. the story of what happened to the Lutzes. Which is also super referenced in the um, most recent Conjuring movie mm-hmm. where it had um, Lorraine kind of reenacting the uh, murders yeah. in, 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 in that house where... Yeah. Because that's, like you said, part of their credentials that mm-hmm. was, you know, listed for the real life couple as well. And it's referenced in the movies where she's reenacting those murders, um, which are horrible. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, they, they were children. He he murdered his brothers yeah. and sisters. So Well, and they were like, there are still things that were unanswered about the those murders and how they took place like one of the weird things that is not um how it's described in either of the movies the original or the remake is that um after he killed them all like he got cleaned up changed went to a bar and was like i think i think my mom and dad are dead yeah and then they call like they he and some friends went and then they called the cops and everything and so initially he was just detained um, because they thought that it was like a mob hit or something and he needed to be protected because his whole family was killed. Which wasn't out of the realm of possibilities. No. Um, because his dad. But it's like, I supposedly. think in the movies mm-hmm. it, it implies or it kind of appears that after he kills them all, he calls the cops from the house mm-hmm. and they come. Um, and then the other thing that's never been really... Um, solved or answered um, is the fact that, I mean, there there was no silencer on the shotgun, and he shot and killed six people, but they're all, like, laying in their beds, like, were asleep when they were killed. Um, mm-hmm. Except the... I was at the mom and one of the sisters, but it's like there's, you know, obviously after the first shotgun blast, mm-hmm. the other people would have woken up. Yeah. And gotten out of bed or tried to run away or mm-hmm. something. But all six of them were laying in their beds. And there was also like he um, in the various points of like his, you know, confessions. And then he tried to get things vacated and everything. There were like a lot of different convoluted stories throughout the he process. He changed his story so many yeah. times. And it, I think that it's a, at one point he did say that he drugged them. But toxicology showed that they did not have anything in their system. So they weren't drugged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is, it's kind of like just there's weird holes. Yeah. yeah there's room strange. in that story itself for a very unsettling, like scary movie. And it's like, that should have been the scary movie. Not what happened to the freaking Lutzes. <laughs> yeah. The people who just like made up some stuff. Yeah. They're um, like glowing red eyes. It's like, how about the guy that like just went around and murdered six people in his house? Mm-hmm. Like that's terrifying. Yeah, totally. I, I, I'm trying to remember if it was the lists Remember John List? Yes, um, yeah. Okay, so I get those killings and this, because they're kind of in the same area, and it was sort yeah. of around the same time period, so I get a little bit confused um, if if one of his the children was um, disabled and um, unable to get out of bed. I can't remember if it was which family it was. And either way, it was horrible and tragic. Yeah. And, um, but John List, they awful. weren't all at home at the same time. Like he killed right. them yeah, yeah. at different times, and like mm-hmm. like one per like he killed his like mother, and then but then like the boys got home, and then um where he went and picked up one of the boys and took him home and killed him so it wasn't like everybody's asleep in their beds and i'm just gonna boom 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 kill them all exactly no that's not how that that went with him um and yeah that is a whole other can of worms it's that's an insane story that should be made into a movie absolutely that would be so scary it's crazy and the fact how he got caught later he was like on the on the run successfully for like decades and then somebody does an age progressed bust of him and his new wife is like wait what oh i know him that's that's you yeah did you kill a family (laughs) yeah that is the craziest story too so man if you are into true crime or enjoy this movie and you're like wow that's crazy or are interested in like the real life Mm -hmm. read about it it's very interesting and also john list which is it's just crazy story because something sometimes it's the the stuff is wilder than fiction honestly it's crazy and then like i haven't listened to the last podcast um series on amityville but i you know would wreck i'm sure you would recommend that and Mm -hmm. um, i would definitely recommend the my favorite murder 
um, episode on the DeFeos. Um, what mostly, I mean, both, I don't, like I said, I don't know about the last podcast one, but the, my favorite murder one, it's like, it's very little about the Lutz family. Yeah. It's about the crimes committed by Ronnie DeFeo. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, I think is, is far more interesting. I, I agree. I agree. Now that we were like, we're talking about this movie, but and also, we're gonna you know, it's it. better. Just like, Mm. Nah, don't do yeah. that. But I mean, that's and <laughs> I I kind of pushed okay. to do this okay. this movie. Um, I you know knowing that Meredith didn't like it, and I mean it's obviously not you know the, I love the remake. The original is not one of my favorites either. I think that it fit our secluded setting theme for the summer pretty well. It is uh, we overuse this word, but iconic um, in horror movie history. Um, but also, uh, Victor says, and maybe our our uh, listeners can email in and say if they agree or disagree that all you know all of our episodes shouldn't be just both of us talking about how much we love a movie it's like gushing over it and only picking movies that we really like that it's better if there's some tension or disagreement yeah Um, and I'm like I don't I don't know whatever (laughs) I'm like I just you know I'm still uh triggered by the whole Jacob's Ladder episode and being caught in the middle (laughs) of He's like, this movie's trash. I'm like, you're trash. (laughs) Get out. Get out. No, you get out. Get out. Stigmata. You're fine. Go to the old folks home. Just like the movie. (laughs) But in this case, it's not even like a I love it and you hate it. We're both kind of like, meh. Um, But it's significant. We're like, it's. You you got to watch it. It's a movie. It exists. Someone made it. People are in it. Yeah. It's about this. This is what it's about. Yep. Yeah. That's about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, and in, it's, I don't know, in terms of a parent corner, I mean, your kids would probably hate it, too. <laughs> My children would be like, this is dumb. Even Deke, who's a little, little fraidy, scaredy cat, would yeah. be like, mom. Yeah. So in, hey, on that note, know. it might be a good um, uh, one for somebody who, a kid who is a little bit of a fraidy cat, but wants to watch something scary. Um so, like, the, obviously the concept of somebody murdering his whole family with a shotgun is upsetting. Um, but, um, I mean, there's nothing <sighs> yeah. super inappropriate. In the remake, there's... Because in, in this one, like, the little nookie scenes between George and Kathy are, are pretty tame and get interrupted pretty quickly. In the remake, there it's a little bit more graphic. Um, because, you know, it's Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and that's what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, do you know what was the most disturbing to me in the original? What? Margot Kidder having random pigtails and like the random little right? what um, the, what? ribbons yeah. in her hair all the time. Yeah. And then and she's like, like wearing why? a schoolgirl skirt mm-hmm. in one of the scenes, like a little plaid pleated yeah. skirt. And um, I was but like, yeah, the pigtails were right now. Yeah. Like, is this this is George's fetish and we're just not going <laughs> to talk about it? <laughs> I was just wondering what was going on. Um yeah, and the random ribbons in her hair. Yeah. Is that just, like, what everyone was doing? Maybe that, yeah. It could have been a 70s thing. I guess, but I found it unsettling. Yeah. It's like, just, this is making me highly uncomfortable. It's, it's just like when Sydney was brushing her hair when some random hairbrush that didn't belong to her <laughs> and scream. You, I'm like, you, kinda, oh. you hyper-focus on I'm these like, things. I'm like, these random little things are triggering to me. <laughs> I don't like it. This movie sucks. <laughs> no, trash. No, I love Scream. The scream is the best. Yeah. But um, I, I like how that's, that's what that's how you're <laughs> that's handling it. this Amityville episode is you just keep starting to talk about things unrelated to Amityville. <laughs> you're like, like, I'm going to talk about John List now and now scream. Like John List and scream. <laughs> everything that I enjoy way more than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, in summation, I would highly recommend the remake with Ryan Reynolds. Other than that, I mean, if you're trying to be a thorough horror movie fan you need to watch the original at least once um just to say that you've seen it and you know where the references are coming from yeah it's don't really, expect to like it yeah i mean it's something that most people have seen so um, yeah just check it's checking it off the list yeah check the it, you know how you like you're like i'm gonna watch all the movies on mm-hmm. this list yep yeah uh, that would probably be yeah. the reason you'd have to do that. There's no other reason. <laughs> There's no other reason. But for our next movie, we are talking uh, in this wheelhouse of uh, secluded, uh, secluded settings. settings. One of my favorites. I yeah, love this one it. we will be very, very excited. excited to gush about. Um, because it's one of the Duplass brothers and I love him so much. Mm. Um, Creep. Creep. From 2014. The first one. I love, I love it so much. So... Uh, watch it if you haven't watched it i know it's streaming on some platform so uh, yeah it's it's very easily accessible so 
check it out. Yep, it's a great found footage one. We could have mm-hmm. done it for our found footage summer, but we didn't get to it. Yeah, um, it was on the list, but we just couldn't, couldn't yeah. hack it. But but it's it's mm-hmm. re it's a it's a good one, and it would be a bad one to wait until after you've listened to the episode. Yeah, to it's, watch. It's very unsettling. Yeah, too. you're like, what's happening? What? And it keeps you guessing. And I think, what as someone who likes to guess. Or not li- likes, but just that just happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one threw me a little bit, and mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. So it was, if it was tricky mm-hmm. enough for Meredith, then the rest of us should be pretty impressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I have my moments. Um, anyway, they, that was a good conversation. Sorry mm-hmm. about me being rude. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? They can't. They can't all be winners. I know. That's not realistic. Yeah. All right. Oh, before I forget. Oh. I wanted to tell you. Okay, so I got my MRI done. Oh, yeah. And I'm totally fine. Woohoo. So that was good. But, You're like, but I'm pregnant. But I'm pregnant. <laughs> no. So the next day, I was watching something on YouTube for this movie, and they had an ad for the new Insidious movie. Mm-hmm. And the Red it, Door. Yes. And it had... Um, Oh, the dad. Oh, I Patrick Wilson? Yes, but what's his character's name? I oh, forget. Josh. Josh, yes. He's in an MRI machine oh, also. Oh, my God. And an entity crawls <gasps> up his body inside oh the thing. Oh, my God. So I made sure when I went in, and it was my first ever, uh-huh. um, you know, trying not to kind of hyper-focus on the fact it's very, very, very... Uh, confining. Right. So if you have any kind of worry that you could be claustrophobic, just keep your eyes closed. That's Mm -hmm. what I did. So, because they put you, have you ever had an MRI? No. They put you in and they kind of put like this plastic helmet thing over your head and put these cushions next to my head in my ears because that's where they were taking the the photos or Uh whatever images. And they slide you in there and if you, I open my eyes for a moment and it's like inches from my head mm-hmm. this this tube yeah um so if i kept my eyes open i probably would have been like <gasps> you panicking know. yeah uh, yeah so i just kept my eyes closed and just let it happen and then they pulled me out and that was insane because i saw that the next day yeah and i was like oh my gosh like oh. that's like if for anyone who's remotely claustrophobic or mm-hmm. ever had an MRI, that's insane. So I thought that was kind of Ooh, fun. So okay. I'm hoping that this movie's good. So yeah, I'm and excited it's coming to watch it. up. Is it mid July that it comes out? This summer for sure. So yeah. we can we can go check it out. But. Yeah, there's there's a couple good ones coming because the other one, um, Talk to Me, is coming out this summer. <gasps> that one looks good too. That I really want to see. Yes. Um, and I yeah. feel like there there may be one or two more um, scary ones that maybe we'll we'll get our crew going to yeah, the theater to check let's out. Get it, let's get it going. But I just wanted to quickly mention that because I'm excited and we just did the movies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. But, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, great talk and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.